Good morning. Trending today is Fentress County, one of the biggest counties per square mile in the Upper Cumberland and one of the most beautiful. You're listening to News Talk 94.1 FM and 1600 AM. My guest today to discuss how wonderful Fentress County is and everything that's been going on in his first year in office is County Executive Jimmy Johnson. Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning to you, Mr. Ben. I'm glad you're here. Appreciate you taking the time out on this beautiful Friday morning. We I've been working with you for a while, and, and my show has been uh, focused a lot on Upper Cumberland counties, and I'm just now getting to Fentress, not because you're not the last one. You're not the first one. You're not the last one. You're somewhere in the middle. But um, I've been trying to get out through counties and cities in, uh, in, in the Upper Cumberland so people and the listeners can be informed of what's going on. No better person to have on than you. You're the county executive in Fentress County. Uh, I've known you since uh, before you actually became a commissioner five years ago uh, in Fentress County. You were commissioner first. I've known you longer than that. Um, your daughter and her wonderful husband. Oh, boy. Son-in-law. <laughs> my wife's son-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> your wife's son-in-law are some of my best friends in the world, and we see them often. Of course, I see you quite a bit. Know you really well. Uh, thank a lot of you. But I wanted you to come on today, and, and I want the people to know who you are and what's going on in Finchers County. And, um, you know, y'all have, had, had a rough start. You had a rough start in your first year, but you've had some good things, and we'll get to that in the later segments. But uh, for the people that don't know, I know you really well, but what did you do before you were elected county executive? No, prior before we was elected county executive, we were commissioner for for four years for our first term. We'd ran a couple times. We'd always come in maybe second, uh, maybe third there once, but uh, – we uh, had a lot of people. We had a, a lot of uh, enticement to run for a county commissioner, and we did uh, something. We've been involved in the uh, community activities since, goodness gracious, I was 16 mm-hmm. in high school, and we started in Little League Baseball uh, up there helping with the Little League program. And it's uh, it's one of those things where you grow up in, a, in a, an area and you see things you want to see changed and not necessarily a lot of change because I'm not in for a lot of big changes. Uh, I like to see improvements. Uh, I like to see things uh, prosper, people prosper. Uh, I like to see your neighbors do well, uh, whether it's in your own community uh, your, or out in the whole com- community. As far as that, as far as in the whole uh, county area, we served on the uh, fair board for uh, right around 11 years. Uh, we were in the um, factory business. Uh, with my sister i worked for those for uh, 10 11 years and then after that i went to work for a family up there that was in the medical equipment business in the first uh early parts of that uh job we were uh in with oxygen with with medical equipment and sitting up and picking up and such and and then we eventually got to where we managed their land and buildings and and such as that uh, for 24 years there. Uh, so you've had some good experience in managing. Well, we had uh, we had a lot of things to do uh, as far as that. Yes, you could say that. Uh, but uh, we came in our early days where I'm the youngest of 15 children. Uh, so it uh, I had uh, a quite lifetime experience with all sisters and brothers that was always older than I was. 15 children. One of 15. Youngest of 15, the baby, and still the baby. Still the baby. That's that's good. Uh, Have you been in uh, Jamestown all your life? Been there. I was the only one born out of state. We were, uh, when the migration went in the mid-40s, my parents moved to Indiana in 48, 49, and then father passed away in 61, and that's when uh, my mother, we moved back to Jamestown in 61 with, I had two sisters there, 
and myself and my mother lived there for. So what was the age difference between the oldest sibling and you? Uh, my youngest sister was born in uh, 1925, and I was born in 55. So there's 30, 30 years, years difference right there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So uh, come back to Jamestown pretty early as a youngster. Six years old. And you've been there ever since. Been there ever since. You've done a lot of things. You just mentioned part of that's been management. And I bring it up because you're basically the uh, CEO of Fentress County now. And, and that management experience helps you not only to multitask, but to focus on several different things at one time. Because we know county government is not simple. It's not. Uh, we know there's a lot going on in county government. And uh, it takes somebody with a, a mind that can multitask and manage and, and be uh, have the foresight to to keep growing and improving. You're listening to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM. This is Ben Rogers, and my guest today is Fentress County Executive Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy, so you got out of the you you, you ran as a commissioner uh, in 2014, mm-hmm. and I of course I'd met you before that, and you and I had talked with my position at at the County Technical Assistance Service. You talked to me about kind of what the commission does and 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 what your role is as a public service and commissioner. Um, what what did you enjoy about the aspect of being a county commissioner? We'll, we'll talk to you, talk about your your experience as county executive shortly. But what did you enjoy about being a county commissioner? County commission uh, as a county commissioner, you of course we have we just have ten commissioners, five districts, two per district. You uh, you 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 deal with the public a lot, and I like dealing I like dealing with the public. Uh, I have a. Uh, gift of gab they might say and it makes me no difference you know what you have what you don't have uh uh rich or poor uh but you it's uh, to be able to try to help something someone to improve uh to improve your community not only your district but your whole county and and we had to and for four years we had a pretty good run there we actually we had a lot of uh stuff that we did uh, uh there's a lot of things you can see yeah you can see your big factories come in your big you know, employment and that type of stuff but it's the little things that you don't get a lot of uh people know about that you actually do uh, there for four years we kept the uh uh tax we balanced the budget each year uh without a, a tax increase uh we some says you at the the last year you had one some says you don't because the state comes in and and tells you when they regulate your uh tax base uh they can say, you know, you might be able to do this, but they really don't know what's going to happen. You can't see in the future. Right. And so uh, some says it was – we went from 199 to 191 The state said it could be $1.88, but uh, they just really don't realize what could happen. Right. And, and that's one of the kind of predicaments we got in. But uh, So in two, you ran in 2014 as a commissioner. There's 10 commissioners in Fentress County. Yep. Uh nine new ones were elected right yes sir mm-hmm. so nine out of ten were yep. elected in 2014 and the 10th one won by one vote the 10th one won by one vote I'm glad you mentioned that i knew there was something there about the, the one that actually uh incumbent that won and, and at that time you and i talked about maybe why there was nine people that turned over um the, the jail the, the the county had built a jail a couple of years before and it's a nice facility now it there is. was some yep. things i think that were left out uh maybe by the construction company or the manager y'all have had to deal with since then that's been part of mm-hmm. your term as a commissioner and as a mayor and we can talk about that later but the people were upset because the taxes were increased to build a jail yes but, but it was needed it was needed and it, they actually went up 68 percent i believe is what it was or something like that yeah but uh 
they had been at a dollar uh, thirty-five basis for several several years. And that's low, by the way, for people that don't know about mm-hmm. tax rates. And upcoming across the state of Tennessee, a dollar thirty-five was one of the lowest at the time in the state of Tennessee. That's correct. Uh, and then it made the jump, but still, uh, you know. Our penny right now is is compared to a lot of different counties. Uh, you know, our pennies, I think thirty three thousand six hundred dollars per penny. Where adjoining counties are are triple quadruple that, and so that's uh, that's one of the things you got to have revenue before you can then do anything. Uh, it's like one of the former commissioners said. Uh, he said, uh, you know. They don't want you to spend a lot of money. Folks don't, and which that's good. Uh, and sometimes we've been criticized for being too tight. They said, you know, when they had the Indian head nickel under the buffalo on the back, said so we could squeeze the, the sweat out of it. Right. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, you know, you it's you got to you can't compare apples to oranges. You got to compare apples to apples, and you have got to live within your means. And that's what we've done done pretty much so far so far. And so how many beds does the jail have, the new jail? 166. Do you all keep it full? It's, we keep it full, yes. Uh, the state inmates, are there several? There is around 57 state and county outside county inmates in their states about all the time. So for those that don't know, um, the county counties get reimbursed by the state a per diem per day for housing state inmates. Uh, they could be local. They could be from another county in the state. It just depends on what, what the logistics are for prisoners. But the state will send prisoners to counties. They get reimbursed a, a certain amount. And they don't always cover what it costs no. to house an inmate. And then you have counties around you. When y'all, I remember uh, very, very well, I remember when that jail opened a few years ago, counties around you were saying, hey, we need to send you some inmates. We're overcrowded. Can you house our inmates? And then they would ask for a contract price, and the county would say, we'll charge you what the state charges or, or the cha- state reimburses us, or we'll charge you a little bit more, however y'all work that out. But you are housing other counties' inmates. We are. You get, uh, I believe it's $39 per day for a state inmate, what they classify as a state inmate, $35 a day for outside counties. And, and uh, give this to the sheriff's department. I believe this year we're going – Last year, I believe they saved around probably ten or eleven thousand dollars on grocery bills because they grow their own garden food. Right, a tremendous amount that the sheriff and the sheriff's department does in in that issue right there. Because there's room beside the jail to have a garden. Yeah, so might as well utilize it. Yeah, grow your own food, and that reduces food costs because food and medical costs are the two big, other than personnel. Are the two biggest costs that you will see when running the jail. You're listening to trending. This first segment um, has been ta- discussed, and we've talked about Mr. Jimmy Johnson, the Fentress County Executive. We're going to learn more about his decision to run for county executive when we come back, and good things, and some of the things that's been uh, that occurred last year or so that's not been so good for Fentress County. This is Ben Rogers. We'll be back in just a moment. Trending now is County Executive from Fentress County, Jimmy Johnson. This is Ben Rogers on News Talk 94.1 FM and 1600 AM. Jimmy, we talked about. Um, you, you're growing up, family of 15, living in Indiana, coming back to Fentress County, and, and that's your home. That's where you want to be. I've begged you to come down here and live in Putnam County with, with your daughter and the family, and, and you, you, you're, you're Fentress County, and you want to be there, and, and I don't blame you. It's a beautiful county. You served as a commissioner for four years from 2014 to 2018. You decided, at what time did you decide that you wanted to run for county executive in 2018? Uh, probably the uh, second year in being a county commissioner, I, I, would, I would think so. Uh, and I'd actually told the former uh, county executive that if you know if I could get elected as county commissioner, that in four years I would run for uh, probably run for county executive. And 
And that's kind of what I said, and that's kind of what I did. And we got elected by a pretty good margin as county commissioner. I thought I'd have the votes, at least in the first district. So that's the way we went. So you'd run for county executive before, and you actually did that before. Was it 2010? Mm-hmm. Yes. I actually did not know you at the yep. time. But what's interesting about Fentress County, they have nonpartisan elections. So there's no primary. There's no declaration of a political party, uh, Democrat, Republican. So basically as many people – and now some people um, have a caucus – do y'all have a caucus in Fitchers County? No, no. No. So so what happens is is anybody wants to run, if they qualify <laughs> and to be county executive, there, there's an age uh, limitation, and then you got to be a resident of the county. That's on the qualification. But if you want to qualify, 100 people could be on the ballot. That's exactly, yep. So in 2010, I believe there was like eight or nine that ran for county uh, executive? There was, I think there was eight. Eight? Yeah. So that <clears throat> eight people splitting up votes. Um it was a fairly close race from what I remember. 2014, you ran for commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a few that ran for county executive. And in 2018, how many ran for com- uh, county executive in 2018? Just myself and incumbent. So two people. Yes. That mm-hmm. makes it a little bit easier for the voter to decide and makes campaigning a little bit easier on you, I guess. You're not having to, to, to campaign and worry about four or five others. You've got one other. So you beat an incumbent. Mm-hmm. Um, in Fentress County, is that rare or is, is that happen a lot? Uh Sometimes uh, I think there's been maybe two or three that have actually had a three-term back in the day, back in the, yeah. the early days. Yeah. And then I believe uh, Mr. John Mullins was the last one to have a, a two-term. Two terms. Yeah. I, and I worked with John John B. quite a bit, a uh, great guy. So you, you were a commissioner four years. There's 10 county commissioners. You get elected county executive in, in uh, August of last year. You take over in September. Uh, did the county commission appoint you chairman of the of the county commission? Yes, so, sir. So you're yep. serving yep. as chairman now. So has, is that normal in Fentress County for a county commissioner to be chairman or a county mayor to be chairman, county executive? Uh, most of the time, the county uh, executive is the chairman. And that just that's just the norm. So how does that how do you enjoy being chairman you're you're now you went from a voting member a commissioner a, a vote where you can vote on everything as a commissioner is supposed to to now you're an ex officio member of the county commission and chairman you can only vote on a tie so how's that different it keeps you uh from responding to a lot of a lot of votes that are going through you don't hardly get to say as much as you'd like to sometimes just to keep it in perspective because basically as chairman and, and of course i'm chairman of the putnam county commission but i'm a commissioner so it's different for you and i it's uh as, as i said your county executive serving as chair you can break ties i already have a vote uh if the vote is tied i don't get to vote again and break a tie i know some cities are like that <clears throat> that's not like that in county government but you're changing basically you you've done a 180 you went from being a, a full-time voting member of the commission to only voting when it's bataille and you kind of limited yourself on how much you speak to certain issues uh because really the the business before the county commission on the agenda is up to the county commission to vote on that's exactly right really your commission has a lot more uh when you want to say power or authority whatever they do they do a lot more than what your county executive or county mayor has power to and do. that's a misconception or it, that's a perception that's out, the perception out there is the county executive or county mayor of a county has fully has full authority over everything and you know that ain't right <laughs> after after election you go when you go to uh uh your uh 
I guess, elected officials classes, kind of you do for two or three days, C-TAS, I believe, puts on. Yep. Your commissioner has a folder full of stuff, and you have two or three pages that <laughs> you, you can do. You have two or three pages. So you've got the least amount of authority, but really you've got a lot of responsibility. You have all not a lot of authority, but a lot of responsibility. That's right. So that's been a big change it has. Uh, for you, going from county commissioner to county executive. How did being a county commissioner help you? Or how's it helping you now? Because I've talked, I mean, now in the Upper Cumberland, we've got, uh, I think, seven county mayor, county executives that used to be county commissioners. And they've all kind of said the same thing. We now see both sides of it. We now see kind of what our county mayor was thinking when we were commissioners, and, and, and it's different now. So how has that helped you any? It helps you a lot because it more or less gives you a uh, – four-year educational basis it's yeah, like you, going to school to college or something to be a teacher you know I, if i was a teacher i would do this and i do that but then when you go to school and you say well this is what you can do and you can't do and that's the same way as being a county commissioner you think well you know it's it's kind of like uh the church song i'd rather be on the uh, inside looking out as the outside looking in right. but when you get into the political side of it you rather be on the outside a lot of times is because when you get on the inside you have to uh there's a lot of decision and a lot of pressure on your county commission i guess the biggest thing we had was when we had to appoint a sheriff uh because it was within the um, last two years uh, of service and so that way you have to do appointment but it was before that you'd had an election a special election so there's a lot of pressure on your commissioners uh they take a lot of heat uh and they really do it's it's uh it, and to you what we what i say the hot seat until you're sitting there sure things look a lot different if you're sitting someplace and say well i'd have done this or i'd have done that but when you get to where you're going with the rules and stuff you, there's a lot you can't do and when you've got x amount of money that you can spend as a commissioner, you you know, everybody's coming to you wanting a lot, and there's sometimes that you can say, we can just give you half of that or a fourth of it or not any of it this year. This is what we can afford or we can't afford it this year, and then we'll, we'll try to find either more resources or, or cut some services or expenditures next year and see what we can do, you know, mm, and, and that is part of being a public servant in any county as a commissioner. And then when you get to county executive, you're kind of the mouthpiece to educate those commissioners now especially as chairman to what's going on but you're not supposed to be very influential you can be a little bit you can tell them your thoughts but you're not up there grandstanding and you're not up there uh banging your fist saying this is what y'all need to do now some do that mm. i know you you're not that type you're trying to inform trying to educate the commissioners of what's going on and they make the decision and vote um but yeah you've <laughs> you've went <laughs> you went out out of the fire into the frying pan basically That's what you did you know and you have you have to and then you have the public uh, it's you got to be very transparent and a lot of people uh, sometimes think that there's not a lot of transparency but there always is because all of our meetings are like everyone's is is open you have the open meeting law that you have to go through uh you can't uh you know if people see you sitting down and me and the commissioner, two commissioners sitting down eating breakfast. We've done it for ten years. If you're doing that, they're saying, "Well, there's, you know, they're doing something other is. They're violating the sunshine law, which you're not." But uh, you just have to. Uh, it, there's a lot goes to it, and that's why we're always trying to be uh, transparent. And uh, all of our meetings are open. They're always announced uh, five or six days. Well, our county commission. Meetings, they're usually 10 or 12 days in advance notice when we're going to have them. So it kind of gets you, when you hear the local news, you you know, tired of hearing, well, they're having a meeting in two weeks, but uh, you have to do it. Well, and, I'm glad, and I'm glad you brought up the Open Meetings Act. Um, and that's just why I love doing this show, because it not only do we get to inform the public, but uh, you, I get to talk about county government, and I love county government with my peers and the people I work for. Uh, the Open Meetings Act, and it's something a lot of people don't know, do you, do y'all allow time during your commission meetings for the public 
to speak. We do uh, at each uh, after each meeting before we adjourn. We'll ask if there's any new business or if anybody has anything to say or whatever, and they'll have uh, five minutes. Uh, when they want to speak, they'll have a five-minute limit to say something. So in Putnam, we do announcements and statements, and, and our rules, our local rules, are, are basically if you want to address the commission as a body, if you're a citizen, let the chairman know or let one of the commissioners know, and they'll let the chairman know or the county mayor, and we'll put you. We'll, we'll make sure to recognize you at the end. By law, and I don't know if you knew this, by law, the commission meetings are supposed to be open and advertised. They're supposed to be open to the public. But there's no requirement for that meeting to allow the public to speak. Unless it's on the agenda. It's just on unless y'all want to do it, and which is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I think the public should be able to speak. I think they should be heard as long as they're uh, acting in normal course of business and being polite and doing what they're supposed to do. But by law, Tennessee law, there there there's no uh, provision to say you must be. Uh, re- recognize or allowed to speak. It's up to the commission in the mm-hmm. county. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and and something else you brought up was about appointing the sheriff uh, a few years ago. You were you were commissioner. That was a big deal. You and the county attorney and the county executive then called me. Uh, we went through the procedures and what how that works. And speaking of open meetings, the interviews basically for the candidates because there was what two or three that was nominated. We I think we had four that, four night. that were nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, all that is open the reasons why they want to be sheriff is open if y'all want to ask them questions you have to do it in public because it is a uh should that business should be conducted in a public meeting and y'all got through that uh did you get through in one night we did all of it in one night mm, we did and something else that uh you brought up too that i i aggravate you about but y'all fixed years ago when i started uh consulting with finchers county i learned that finchers county would open their first commission meeting in january and recess every time so they had one just one continuous meeting and i finally told uh the previous county executive i said listen to do this right you need to open and adjourn at least four times a year That's right. so now y'all are doing that yep. so thank you for doing that you're listening to trending news talk 94.1 fm when i come back we'll continue to visit with Fisher county executive jimmy johnson Welcome back to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM and 1600 AM. I continue visiting with Jimmy Johnson. He is the Fentress County Executive. He was elected last year in August of 18, took office in September of 18, and he's had a little over a year under his belt as County Executive. He's a former County Commissioner, and we have been discussing those um, all the, some, some of the things that happens, Commissioner. We're going to get to more of that at the end, but... It's important to note Fentress County operates under the Financial Management Act of 1981, and we've talked about that about that law on the show. It's a centralized financial management. That means the accounting and purchasing is centralized in the county. One office is doing that for the whole county. How does that make it easier on you, Jimmy? You're you're the CEO of the county. You're the county executive, and basically you're the chief executive officer. You're not necessarily the CFO because you have a finance director that's CFO. Do you think that makes your job easier? Uh, it definitely does because you have uh, that's a whirlwind of stuff that your uh, finance director has to do. Uh, we had it; it was across the, it was across the street in what we call the Pinkley Building, and during the commission, it was brought up that we, uh, as a commissioner, tried to get it over into the. Uh, courthouse we had some empty rooms up there some vacant places and so now it is in-house in the courthouse and it makes it more central for everyone if someone some of the offices in the courthouse mm-hmm. uh your elected officials need something they can just go upstairs or it just makes it so much easier and then you have we have i think six 
people total, I believe, working in the finance office at this time that we do. And it's a good finance office. And the finance director, uh, Tyler Arms, is new as well. He come in last year. You and him basically started these positions almost at the same time. Uh, but you were part as a commissioner of, of his of the hiring process for him. That's correct. And so there were several that applied for that, and those interviews were open in the public. We're talking about open meetings as well. Uh, the interview for the finance director, the interviews for the finance director was open in public. Um, and so that's the part of the process. He's new, come in uh, last year. You come in in September. He takes care of every single financial transaction. You don't have to worry about that. You, It's trusted to him and his office that the financial uh, transactions, the financial processes and procedures are going well. So that gives you time to focus on recruiting industry um, and creating, trying to create, help create jobs, handling the day-to-day stuff as far as meetings and uh, uh, the state departments wanting to meet with you and what's going on with grants. It gives you time to do that. You, and and you're, you're a working county executive. I've been there. You're one of the hardest workers I know. Um, and that frees you up. It takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of time. I mean, that is a, uh, it's more than a 40 hour a week job just being finance director of our county. Uh, several years ago, they, uh, when they went to the 81 act, they actually brought the, uh, we do the board of ed, the, the general checks and also the highway department checks right. in there. So you're, it, it's all under house and it, it seems like it, it works a lot better that way. Uh, it's just, uh, like I said, it's a 40 hour job and, and, you know, in the first, 10 months we had 256 meetings out of our office outside of our office so if you're in the job as county executive or county mayor you're either 110 percent in or you're 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 not i mean you've got to be it's it's a 24 7 job our phone lays by our bed you know all the time i have it with me all the time so you're on call 24 7 tyler came in and you came in about the same time y'all been learning together at your new positions um there was talk a few years ago, but before you became commissioner, uh, actually, there's been discussions twice in the last 14 years that I've been working with Fentress County about doing away with the 1981 Act. I think it came in 2003, uh, close to 2009-10, the commission were frustrated about uh, some things, and they wanted they wanted it to go away. They thought it was costing too much money. They thought they could reduce personnel. That would save them money. And really, in my opinion, it was would, would hurt them because the centralized purchasing is a big savings for a county. It's also when uh, you have a centralized office, finance office, it helps your interest rates when you go borrow money. Those those lending firms or those bond issuing companies look at your financial makeup, and if they say you're centralized, they're going to give you points for that and lower your interest rate. There was some talk about doing away with it. I'll never forget a meeting that I attended up there. You may have been there as a citizen. You weren't on the commission yet. Uh, but this was under Mr. John B. as county executive. He asked me to come up and talk about it. And at the time, they already had it. So I could be biased about why it was good. And there was a gentleman sitting in the front row. I don't know his name. He was an elderly gentleman. And he stood up during the middle of my presentation and asked me if I, I was for uh, the finance office. And I said, I support the finance office. They do a good job. And he told me, uh, it's still funny. Anybody that supports the finance office, I'm against. I don't know who the gentleman was. I don't know. He wasn't an official. He wasn't the commissioner. I don't know who he was, but he basically got in my face and had a cane in his hand. And I didn't know if he was going to hit me with it or not. And I just said, sir, I said, we're just going to have to disagree. And he said, well, I don't care if you agree with me or not. And I said, well, you know, good thing is I don't have to go home with you after this and I don't have to have dinner with you tonight. And I'm assuming your wife does. So good luck to her. And he sat down after that. Probably shouldn't have said all that. John B. didn't mind. 
Uh, that was the first time. A couple years after that, under new administration, uh, I believe the previous county executive then uh, wanted to to bring it back in his office. Um, I think Mr. Smith wanted to bring it back in his office, and I had to do another presentation. So we talked about the finance uh, Financial Management Act of 1981 several times in Finchers County. Y'all are lucky to have it. There is a benefit to it. Um, now, December of last year. December of last year. 2018. Uh, I got three phone calls. Actually, I got multiple phone calls. You called me. The finance director, Tyler, called me. The county attorney, Leslie, called me in a matter of five minutes. I'm in Knoxville. I don't know if you remember this. I'm in Knoxville um, at a leadership academy, leadership training. It's my last session. I've been through six or seven sessions in a a matter of 12 months. It's my last session. I've got to complete it. I'm getting blown up on my phone through by Fentress County, which is fine. I knew something was going on, so I stepped out. I I told our, our instructor, our facilitator, I said, hey, I've got to take this. There's something going on in Fentress County. And I talked to, I call you back, and do you remember that conversation? I do. Uh, we had uh, a problem that came up with the finance department of some funds that had uh, actually come up missing, and we didn't know the extreme of it. Uh, I know uh, Tyler came to me in late September. I got appointed on the 4th. He came to me in late September, and he mentioned that he's just something with the figures wasn't exactly right, that he was onto something, and and I told him at that time, we'll just, you know, follow it wherever the trail leads. And then in October, he came in and he said, there's, there's something that's not right. I just I said, I've almost got my finger on it. I don't hardly know what it is. And then in November, I think it's in the latter part of November, it came to head and we figured out what it was. Uh, well, there's some stuff went on in a courtroom with a prisoner at that time. And a lot of stuff got, uh, got said. And so, uh, at that time, then we started, uh, different things and uh, he had actually went to a uh, he'd actually went to uh, the store to buy some uh, ink for a computer for a, a printer and when he looked down when he gave the card back it was for a different department and he thought you know why we'd have this here and one thing led to another and it come up to uh, we'd had some uh, missing funds and and so you come up with a dismissal of one person, and and so that's going to come to uh, up in November and different things. But it's uh it's one of those things that happens. It happens. Uh, you hear it on the news, you hear it on the TV, and it you know it finally happens in your hometown. Like uh, and so, but uh, we're dealing with it. We're going to get through it. Uh, I hope that things come out to the best for the citizens of Fenders County, and we're going to work uh, hard that it does uh, with your attorney general and such. But uh, you, it's you, it's one of those problems that happens everywhere it, it, it happened it in Fentress County. It's a, it's the, most of the time it's a lack of transparency and, and lack of internal controls. And um, now I'll say that internal controls is not the end all be all of stopping theft. If somebody wants to, to, to commit theft or fraud, They'll they can, do it. They can do figure it. out a way to yeah, do it. Yeah. But proper internal controls in place. And I teach a class on internal controls. So I've, and I've helped counties get, you know, compliance, proper internal controls reduces the amount of opportunity someone has to commit theft or fraud. 
Um, it happened. Can you say how much they know is missing? Is, uh, is that something you can say? No, not at this time. Well, it was in the paper, so it's public right now. This they all they can take the to court is like I believe four years back, and so uh, at that time, at this time, it's around two hundred thirty-four thousand dollars at this time. So it's that's quite a bit. Could quite be bit. more if they went back further. But that's all they can do at this time. And you said earlier that your penny value is around thirty-three thousand. Thirty-three thousand six hundred dollars, I believe. So. Thirty-three, two, thirty. Yeah, that's a, that's several pennies. That's a lot of pennies. Yeah, on the tax rate, yeah. uh, and that's unfortunate mm-hmm. because that money is the taxpayers' money. That's money to that's been spent to provide services. So, so that's one of the things you've had to deal with. But we and, will go as as much as the law will allow. We'll we'll uh, we'll seek to uh, uh, cover it all or cover the most that we can, and then whoever is involved or or whatever, we hope that. Uh, uh, justice serves its purpose at this time. You'll we get, will search for that. You'll get some of it back we through, will. Your, we'll through your insurance get, pool and risk management. We'll and get all of it. You'll get all uh, of it. So you'll recoup some of it. But the thing is, you don't have it now, and it's been gone. That's and true. That's, that's prevented certain services to be provided to citizens, and that's unfortunate that that well, happened. Well, we actually thought that we could possibly be in the red uh, uh, for the year. But when you start recovering over seven, eight months left in the year, and you're recovering – Seven to eight thousand dollars a month. That was right. love is leaving. And it's not leaving no more. So it starts coming up. So we ended up in the black again this year. So that's really that's, that's really good. good. So yep. y'all y'all made the best out of it. Yep. We'll continue next segment uh, discussing a couple more things in the first year of office, and then what's good to come. What's good going on in Fentress County? Uh, you're listening to Trending with Ben Rogers. My guest right now is County Executive in Fentress County, Jimmy Johnson. We'll be back. Welcome back. You're listening to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM and 1600 AM. This is Ben Rogers, and I've been visiting with Jimmy Johnson, Fentress County Executive. We talked about one of the things, uh, closing out last segment, Jimmy, that in your first year, a few months into your first year of office happened with some money missing uh, out of the finance department. That's not the case. Uh, the process is still going. You'll know for sure what's going on in a few months. you got a finance director in there that, that kind of that actually caught that and is – End up being in the black, as you said. The county didn't suffer as much. So instead of taking out a fund balance, you actually are in the black. But you would have had more money if that theft wouldn't happen. A couple of things that's happened to the county in your first year, and, it, and it's not because of you. And, and I think probably Fentress County has dealt with more negative or, or things that are not so good in your first year uh, than any other county I've ever had. And it's unfortunate. But you had a fire. Um, some county property was destroyed. What happened there? We had a uh, a weekend of fires on a Sunday, uh, and uh, got a call that the uh, recycling building was was on fire. And what it did, it, it caught on fire internally. But the the thing about it, we had uh, a lot of equipment. We had a uh, almost a uh, a late model roll off truck was in there. We had a a uh, cargo truck a box truck they picked up cardboard in two tow motors two uh bobcats in there had all the uh equipment on the glass where we uh salvaged the glass the plastic and everything all of our uh binding machines the whole nine yards all the office equipment on it it actually burnt up it was all locked up before of course there was a fire in there for several hours and come to find out that uh, when it was investigated, they thought there was probably something that a mice or something maybe had uh, uncovered some wire and it arced and maybe jumped over on some cardboard and caught it on fire. But that being said, uh, uh, they will have it rebuilt. They've got it all cleared off. Uh, uh, local government, uh, 
been great to work with on that. Uh, if not all, the insurance local minister will cover the biggest majority of it, if not all of it. But uh, we will, uh, when it goes back up in the springtime, the building is ordered. It should be there in January, February. They'll get it put up. Uh, so uh, local government insurance taking care of all that. But we will, when it gets built, we're also going to put the addition inside of our offices for solid waste. So they'll all be contained out there also. Our business oh, offices will be there also. Good. So more centralized over there. Then. <laughs> it'll be all, it'll be out of the building behind us, the, what we call the Reagan building that we mentioned a while ago, where finance was at. So we'll use the upstairs that for, then for uh, storage, and we'll have the offices of solid waste at the recycling at the woodyard, we call it out there. So the fire was unfortunate, but you got to move on. You got to mm-hmm. progress, and you're keep doing going. that, and, and yep. trying to make improvements. Probably the biggest and most talked about event in the last few months in Jamestown and Fitchers County was the hospital closing down. The hospital closing has been devastating. It uh, will not get in because everyone's heard the stories of the ownership of it and this and that, and the same thing is happening on the other two. I believe at this time that they have purchased it. This trickle down effect. Not only is it. Uh, 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 the loss of seven, uh, excuse me, the loss of 150, 60 jobs, it affects your tourism. It affects uh, people being able to buy stuff like they did, uh, different things. But the major thing is the health of the citizens of Fentress County. When you are uh, ambulance, when they go to a scene, wherever, they're probably 20, mu- 20 minutes most, 25 minutes from if they're in the either the farthest corner of Fentress County, whether it's in uh west Fentress in the parks in pall mall uh in the south end of clark range or in east jamestown they're probably 20 minutes 25 minutes from the scene to uh the hospital but now it has turned into a uh at least a 45 minute trip to crossville or our trip to cookville and what you have what they call the angel hour so if you're 20 minutes if you're 45 minutes if you're 20 minutes to town then you're another 35, 40 minutes to Crossville, so you've done taking care of that. And if you've got something tragic going on, I uh, don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I do know that the gentleman has turned down four offers to purchase the hospital from him. Uh, he has several, uh, he has over a million dollars in liens against the hospital, uh, but it's a private entity, and you cannot do nothing with a private entity because you don't own anything. Own anything. In 1982, the hospital property was sold, and so you've not actually had a foothold in the hospital since 1982. So now what are we going to do? We're going to uh, do something, go our own way. Uh, what they say, wash your hands with what's going on now, and we'll try to either erect a, a building, a uh, furnished building, hopefully, to take care of emergency situations at least, or refurbish a building that is already in town some way. So you don't have a resolution until he either decides to sell or something happens, And but you're trying to move forward with more options, and, of course, you don't know right now. It's early on, but they're, you know, you're trying to get some emergency situations taken care of, so uh, that's good. So let's move forward to some good stuff. We've hit on three bad things that's happened basically in the first 12, 13 months you've been in office. And and, and we'll go back some good stuff as you as a county commissioner, too, because being a county commissioner is important. Let's talk about, Jimmy, what, what's been some good things in Fentress County over the last four or five years, uh, you as a county commissioner and county executive? Well, like we said prior, you know, each year we've had, we have balanced, we've stayed within our budget means. 
that's what we tried to uh, the commissioners and uh, former executive and myself. We've we've that's one promise that we've we've made that we would try our best to do it and be stingy with the taxpayers' money and we, and we have some says too many too much, but uh, we've did that. Um, uh, we've torn down the old jail that was behind us and improved the looks of the the courthouse there by building. Uh, uh, more of a not a stage atmosphere, but the look that it used to be back in the before the old jail was built there, back how it looked kind of back in the, the early 60s and 70s, how it was. We've put in a uh, we uh, as a commission and uh, we've finished up the fire hall in Pall Mall. Uh, we've got SROs in each school in the county. Uh, we did that. Uh, we've started, uh, uh, of course, we've got the finance moved into the courthouse right. so it's all it's all in-house we had to build to construct a communication tower out in clark range because they built a new water tank so that we lost that so we had to build a new one there we got that did we've had uh 10 homes and several uh, thousands of dollars in thda home grants we got that taken care of uh helped some with the extension of the library and uh we actually moved downstairs when we moved the finance out we moved the uh, archives and historical all their stuff into the bottom of the old building that there's been taken care of so we've had several things yeah we've had several ripples in the water you know we thought when we came in we was going to have to deal with the replacement of the sheriff and getting through uh all that ordeal that we had there and we got that taken care of uh of course we had to pay out several dollars for that right there but it could have been a lot worse but right. we, we uh Mediga- mediga- mediation we went to it and got that taken care of and so uh we've had several things you know and then we had of course like we've mentioned we had the recycle the place to burn we had the hospital to shut down then we've had the theft and find it but that's all coming about uh there's a few uh ripples in the water but uh what do you hope you got th- less than 36 months left on this term i know you haven't made a decision about next term doing a great job what do you hope to try to accomplish in the next 36 months well, the, we're fighting it like tomorrow's our last day. Uh, some says you've got to slow down. You can't keep on like that. But it's just, like I said, well, I'll go either a, you're in 110% or you're, you're not in. And But that's that's one thing. That's why we uh, have a lot of meetings and this and that. But uh, we hope to we hope to finalize, and, and, and over the next three years, we hope to land a permanent Rome State College because we're setting up there uh, where we're at in Fentress County and – and also a TCAD in with that, we're hoping to get that taken care of because uh, vocational education is where it's at right now. Right. That's what a lot of people need to do and, and need to be trained in because everyone don't want, don't want to go to a four-year college to be, do something else. They want to do what mom and dad did, auto mechanics, welding, cosmetology, or, or something like that. And so we started on the TCAT in October when we first came in, we've been working on it ever since, and we've, we think we have a pretty good relationship with the folks in Nashville. Uh, they're like I told them, some of them, each time they come up, you know, they're like an octopus. Everybody's pulling at them, and we're very appreciative of what we get. And then we hope to see the, the road start to get started. You know, the 127, uh, it's been going on for 20-some-odd years, and now they're finally going to start to do something this fall to let the bids out start from interstate coming north. Uh, that, that'll be great. But if and but the major thing right now is our hospital. We've got to get some type of uh, uh, health services that can take care of emergency stuff. Like, you know, if you get a broken arm, get it said. If, if you're having a heart attack, someone can check you out, and then you can always get transferred to stabilize somebody. That is the major thing that is us. And the order that we have now, uh, you know, we 
did have a park we was going to start, but we've uh, kind of gotten away from that now because our priorities right now is the health of our citizens of Fentress County isn't the major. Absolutely. Uh, education, and, uh, education and vocational is second. Jobs is third. And then and we're going to have to do a lot of work also to our sports complexes to help get that done. But a few ripples in the water, we're keeping our head above it. And sure. so uh, this, the tide will go out, and it'll be you know, hopefully a lot smoother the next three years than what we've done. Speaking of sports, you're the biggest University <laughs> of Tennessee uh, sports fan I know. I'm big, but you are the biggest. you have a prediction for tomorrow's game against Alabama? I'd say probably upset. Upset? Good yeah. Deal. I if, like if, it. if they beat us, it'll be upset. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've been Don't listening. tell my son all that. <laughs> there you go. You've been listening to News Talk 94.1 FM, 1600 AM. I have enjoyed my time with my friend and a, a customer of mine, a, a, a client of mine, really, with the University of Tennessee. He is Fentress County Executive Jimmy Johnson. Uh, join us next week as we visit with another guest. And this has been Rogers signing off for Trending.